1: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica, and I am your host. And tonight is April 2nd, 2013. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Blog Talk Radio Land. The number to call in is 818-475-9211. So I'm going to bring on uh, my guest host with me tonight. It's going to be Gunther, and just before I am going to bring him on in a second, I want to remind everybody, if you are new to the radio show, that there are other free support groups for alcohol and drug overuse problems, and they are SMART, SOS, which is Save Ourselves, or Secular Organizations for Sobriety, Life Ring, HAMS Harm Reduction for Alcohol, Moderation.org, and Women for Sobriety. So these are all free support groups. And you also have the blog, so we'll talk about that a little later. So I am just going to bring on through 2000.
2: Hi, how are you?
1: Hey, welcome to the show. I'm good. How you doing?
2: I'm doing great.
1: Good. Good to hear your voice. I've been watching you on screen a lot. Your ears must be ringing, you know, because you're in my long, drawn-out trailer that
2: I'm I've made. <laughs> oh, good. I can't wait to see it.
1: Yeah, you did a good job, really good job. Um, Yeah, so uh, you will see it. uh, um, Anyway, so let's jump right into it. So tonight's show I called uh, Tearing Up the Big Book and Other Literature. I did a show like this, Gunther, I I think you may have called in, I'm not sure, but almost two years ago. And uh, I was sort of a little nostalgic as I was doing it, which I'm not at all anymore Uh, I have a book that uh, was published right before, I guess, the published one that came out in maybe 77 or whenever. Mine says 1955, so I had an earlier version. (laughs) Uh, So I I made some notes, and one of the things that I wanted to just look at, let me just go right to it, is... um, in the forward to the first edition, in the first paragraph, it says to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered and is the main purpose of this book. Uh, and so I, I don't know when that changed from recovered to recovering and that you had to go or people thought they had to go there forever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, did you, I do remember people kind of fighting about, Maybe that word back in the 70s. Have you ever given any thought? Do you know what?
2: Yeah, I used to to argue that point at meetings when I was uh, in the process of leaving. Mm -hmm. Because people always say, no, you're recovering forever. We don't actually recover. That's uh, one of the things that is common in alcoholics is the belief, in Alcoholics Anonymous, is the belief that you're in recovery forever. And that there actually is no cure so you can't be recovered. But it says right in their big book, just as you just stated, that um, those people who supposedly had recovered, Mm -hmm. had recovered. Unfortunately, uh, from what I've heard, a good number of those people who had supposedly recovered actually went back out drinking, but...
1: Well, I I remember feeling at a point that I had recovered. I remember at that point, I think if I hadn't been 13-stepped and, you know, like kind of twice I sexually preyed on and had that sort of downward spiral spiral that maybe went on. And and about three years that I was, you know, abstinent, that I clearly felt, um, you know, normal. I felt like I had recovered. But there was this you know, kinda of talk about the stuff that we're we'll get into the book where it says stuff about the mind that I think is really you know, really telling about the way people have taken this thing and, and twisted it. Um so the first part is in the forward which says XIX which is, you know, still the forward. So this is kinda of like the preamble. So maybe we start with this that what it says and what we know is true and not true. Okay, Gunther? Okay, all right, um, so let's it's a, do it. as we what go ahead
2: I said, let's do it
1: oh okay, um let's see as we discovered the principles by which the individual alcoholic could live, so we had to evolve principles by which the a groups and a as a whole could survive and functionally effectively um is it was thought that no alcoholic man or woman could be excluded from our society that our leaders might serve but never govern, that each group was to be autonomous and there was to be no professional class of therapy. Why don't we just stop there? <laughs> so I don't, know how, I don't know how many rehabs there are. All right, I'll say this and you jump in after this. Uh, the rehabs, when it says, you know, 12-step uh, recovery program, Betty Ford, what do you use? What's the modality? 12-step, 12 12-step. 12 Somebody gave me a number that there were a hundred uh back in the uh before the Hughes Act post passed in the late sixties, and now there's some five thousand I mean I don't know how many, but we know there is a professional class that someone says "I have fifteen years." no one does a background check on that. How do you check that you have they when they say they're sober as long as they are, and some of them have a really small degree. Some of them have gone on to have good degrees, but there's certainly this is not true. What would you say about this piece right here that I
2: just read? Well, I I was wondering how they figure out who are alcoholics and who are alcoholics. Um, They say no, no alcoholic man or woman should be excluded. Well, how do they know whether someone's an alcoholic or not? It's just something you profess,
1: right? Right.
2: Good point. A bunch of bullshit, and the other the other stuff is just a bunch of gobbledygook as far as I'm concerned
1: it's yeah, well, I just want to point out this stuff about the the professional class, which is certainly not true anymore there are there were to be no fees or dues or expenses were to be met by our own voluntary contributions uh there was so that's not true, so half of the money. And people didn't understand why New York kept saying, well, we, you know, we need to give more in the basket because we are not self-supporting. And people were like, what? Are you kidding? And what they were, they were not saying, they didn't come out and straight say that, well, half of this $12 million, $6 million comes from us selling books to strangers in rehabs and treatment yeah. centers and prisons. Forced people are getting this book for, you know, you pay $25,000 and you get an $8 big book.
2: Good point.
1: So the Alcoholics Anonymous is not self-supporting of itself by members, which I don't know if that might affect their nonprofit status, but I I think it's not supposed to be that way for them to keep a nonprofit status if they're selling books to non-members. It says here, um, there was to be the least possible organization, even in the service centers, well, there's a huge office in a big building uh, that's cost them a lot of money. You know, they have the whole floor. I think they have a couple of floors, and they have another place where all the books are kept. Uh, and it is highly organized machine that people are getting paid two or three hundred thousand dollars a year. The top people, the twelve people that are getting paid, so that's not true. Our public relations policy is to be based on attraction rather than promotion and uh oh, no
2: nonsense i've seen i've seen mm-hmm. commercials on television promoting alcoholics anonymous i've seen uh advertisements in newspapers promoting alcoholics anonymous
1: yeah there's a lot of that in the tv shows really huh like nashville and oh it's too many i i, I just uh i watch shameless now and uh, but they kind of make fun of aa in that show oh good yeah do you watch shameless
2: no, I don't. But it's really glad funny to hear
1: it. They make really fun of it. Um, they make no give endorsements, make alliances, or enter enter into public controversy. Uh, the alliances they've made with the whole judicial system and the court system and the drug treatment, uh, the drug courts. Oh, so, but they'll
2: deny it, Monica. They'll well, deny
1: know, it. Yeah, well, I mean, if you go online and you look up what happens if you get a DUI, which I did last week, even your first DUI. It's uh, curious to what they say in your state. In California, it says must attend Alcoholics Anonymous meetings or similar. I'm like, you're going to send me to the mosque? What what's similar to AA?
0: <laughs>
1: right? I mean, smart or whatever. Um, okay, I'm going to move on because it's really kind of you know it's not. So the next part I want to go into is more about alcoholism. Most of us have been unwilling. To admit, we were real alcoholics. No person likes to think he is bodily and mentally different from his fellows. <laughs> okay, so from the beginning, you are a freak.
0: Yeah.
1: You're told that you're bodily different and you're mentally different and you're a freak. Okay, that's just wrong to tell, you know, any person, especially somebody in the teens or... That's really dangerous. I mean, uh, even for somebody not, right? Gunther, I mean, you and I both bought that that we were, you know, broken or something, right?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, that's what they do to you. They they try to convince you that you're totally fucked up and that you can't live without them.
0: Mhm. And
2: this is just part of that process. There's a whole lot more that goes goes along with this chapter that you're reading that um it's it's all designed to convince you that you're really really screwed up.
1: Oh yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing in here that. Nothing good in
2: there about about you.
1: No, it's it's bad. So if we go on to the next paragraph, we learned. How did he learn? You know, what this is the part that's really hitting me about this book. He mm-hmm. kind of basically wrote it alone, Gunther, right? And right. he wrote it between 35 and it was published in 39. He didn't do any studies. You know, what, what kind of studies with the 50 guys, 100 guys? But it's, they said when they when this was published, there was only 100 of them. Mm-hmm. So we learned we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics. This is the first step in recovery, the delusion that we are like other people.
2: It has to be smashed.
1: Right, right. Or presently, maybe, it has to be smashed. So a lot of abuse comes in then with other people and sponsoring and people saying, you got to get this through your head or you cannot take the first step in our recovery. Hmm. The next one I underlined here is, this is the one that really got me. We are like men who have lost their legs. They never grow new ones. Now, I'm like 18 and a half or 19 and, a half, and when I would hear this, because they used to read this a lot, to try to get the younger people into the groups, I think, because it was more geared towards young people. I w- it got me depressed. I was getting more and more depressed that I thought I was like a woman who had lost her legs, and I had pretty nice legs back then. I wasn't very
0: <laughs>
1: pretty messed up. Neither does there appear to be any kind of treatment which will make alcoholics of our kind like other men.
2: Can I break in here? Yeah. I have a quote. I have a quote from the big book on page 473 that goes right along with what you just said. Neither does there appear to be any treatment. This quote goes like this. Here was a book that said I could do something that all these doctors and priests and ministers and psychiatrists I've been going to for years couldn't do. Yeah, they try I, to convince you that that nobody else can help you but them. It's right. AA or nothing.
1: Yeah, no doctor. I, I underlined something like that too, where it said something about the doctor's opinion. I think I, I skipped over it, but that you know, doctors and even psychiatrists couldn't help, and your family. Can't help. Like, I was so brainwashed and, you know, okay, you, you, like, that's not true because, you know, I did help some family. Uh, I'm sorry, I did turn them on to AA now, but, um, yeah, it's really, neither does there to be any kind of treatment. So it's just a lie. So people, when they sit and read this, why don't they say, guys, this was written in the 1930s. There are other ways.
2: There are.
1: Yeah. And now, you and know,
2: worked wonders for me. What's that? Naltrexone. I want to plug Naltrexone if I can right now. Okay, Naltrexone, plug it. Naltrexone's a drug. It's a prescription medication that basically it it just cuts down or removes the desire to drink. And it really works if you're an alcoholic or an alcohol troubled person. Uh, Stay away from using the word, ter- the term alcoholic. Uh-huh. If you're out there listening to the show and you're wondering, you know, is there anything else that could help you? There's naltrexone. There's smart recovery. There's SOS. There's women for sobriety. There's a whole bunch of stuff out there that can help you. All you need to do is take the time to dig it up and, and look for it and and take action, you know? You yeah bits is- and pieces of each one and and build for you something that could work for you so you don't have to deal with this alcoholism anymore.
1: Yeah, it's really good. I have a, uh, a new friend who was in AA a long time and left and became a smart leader, and he got his whole area to be sending everybody to smart and all the doctors. He actually visited all the doctors in his town, uh-huh. and he bought his he brought his favorite books with him and gave them uh to doctors which is really kind of what AA did but I think that if all of us when we go to our doctor, you and me and ETP and all the bloggers, when you visit your internist, your regular doctor for that yearly or when you get sick and say, you know, by the way, are you aware and we give them a book or uh just tell them that these other things are available, we will affect change and you can be sure that somebody's going to come in and they're going to appreciate the knowledge that there's other choices like especially you know you're a perfect example of other other things working uh and uh okay it, let's go on here let's see we tried right. we tried every imaginable remedy in some instances there has been brief recovery followed by a still worse relapse physicians who are familiar with alcoholism agree there is no such thing as making a normal drinker out of an alcoholic, science may one day accomplish this, but it hasn't done so yet. So, it's another piece where you go, you know, this is nuts. It's 1936. Uh, science has it. Gunther just explained it. We have an, ex, you know, person who all the doctors are using it in this one state, or everyone's getting. There's also another one. I think it's called vitriol that there's something you could actually get a shot that will last uh, a month. The other thing I just want to state, if someone is new to it, the uh you should take one hour before you drink. So you actually still drink and take the naltrexon one hour before, uh, and then it, it makes you not want to have uh, 17 cans of beer <laughs> on the floor. 17 right. cans of beer.
2: <laughs> that's called the, the Sinclair method is what that's called, taking right. it or before you first drink. Of course, we're not doctors, but people should talk to their doctors about, about naltrexone and the possibility that it could help them if, if they've tried everything else. I love that, how they say that. We've tried everything else.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. They, they tried everything else that was around back in 1935, which is basically they tried to stop on their own. They just tried to quit and tried to quit and couldn't quit.
1: Well, I wonder what they did with, you know, heart disease in thirty five and what they did with um diabetes and what they did with uh women's menopause What was called hysteria. In nineteen thirty six uh you didn't have a, a transplant. My uncle had a heart transplant you know a twenty seven year old's heart put in his heart when the 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 young guy died of a motorcycle accident. My uncle's been walking around for twelve or fifteen years. That's science, and this kind of stuff you know the problems that existed then uh there's been science has accomplished a lot, and I really I, I actually the meeting the last meeting that I was at that I went to speak before Keeper spoke and I went I don't know it was good over a year and a half ago uh-huh. and they actually read this instead of chapter five before I got up I was a ten minute speaker and I had already really left AA and I just did it for her and I they read that they said you know science may one day accomplish it but it hasn't done so yet and the guy sits down and I stood up and I was like you know that's not true at all anymore you know that's like this book and I just started to talk like you and I and,
2: and I bet the crow, the crowd moaned because when I mentioned naltrexone at a meeting there was there was a moan and almost a, an immediate response there is no magic pill from the crowd
1: right they, there's hecklers right I mean I was heckled mm. and uh, why are you here or why you, you know the, why are you here if you're and I started to promote other things if this doesn't work and you know, I said, well, if you really cared about the still suffering individual, you would want to know another choice. If they're coming in the rooms and it's not helping them, you would want to say that. Wow, you know, there's other things out here, and we're not sending you away. But you would want to know about them. And the fact that that I didn't know about them until 2009 is a travesty, and I'm not the only one. I see people's faces, you know, light up when we talk about. The other things, and uh... so I want to. So here we are on page thirty-nine. All right. That's more about alcoholism. Now they're talking about the potential alcoholic. So who's who they're going after? A group of us. I don't know if you were on this blog when we were discovered this that AA went after Catholic grade schools in the '60s as part of their PR efforts. Really? Yeah, and that fucked
0: up. Oh.
1: Yeah, that's fucked up. Because we realized those of us that were my age, we all had speakers come to our school. I was in sixth grade, I think, or seventh. <laughs> and maybe, I can't remember, it was sixth or seventh grade. And they came and brought an NA girl and an AA guy. And, you know, they were really going after, oh, man, it's just, I really knew what they were doing, you know, it's really.
2: Setting, yeah, and I got oh, labeled. The youngsters trying to get them to. Uh, this is psychological prohibition. Mm-hmm. Before yeah. people have even started drinking, they're planting the idea in their head that they may be unable to control it.
1: I mean, if I would have heard Stanton Peel stuff, or, you know, my family would, then you're just saying, <laughs> well, you're a teenager going through a teenager stuff, and, you know, maybe we, you know, you've got some other stuff going on, right? Oh, there's Laura. She's in the queue. Hi, Laura. Now, Trek's son is a brother the song. <laughs> Hey there. Welcome. Uh, let me just say hi to her in the chat room. I was so weird last week when I couldn't see my chat. I was like, I felt like I was blind almost, but uh, I was working on that trailer. It was pretty exciting. Uh, this is, this, so it says, the actual or potential alcoholic with hardly an exception. What the fuck is with this guy? <laughs> Mr. He's know-it-all he's What the fuck is putting... with Bill Wilson, Gunther Like, you know That the that arrogance, look at that But With hardly an exception Will be absolutely Unable to stop drinking On the basis of self-knowledge Right Okay, this is a point we wish to emphasize And re-emphasize To smash home upon the alcoholic readers As it has been revealed to us Out of bitter experience I mean, let's get the man behind, we always say the man behind, the peel back the curtain. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and reveal the wizard.
1: Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Well, that, that's when uh, I think you had your show, and your what you used to read when you opened your show, when you had it.
2: Yeah, to pull back the curtain.
1: Right, I really liked that. And
2: reveal the truth.
1: Right, it was really funny, because it really is, it's like the big boogeyman, and you see it. And you go like, wow, this is messed up. What
2: about this part? ahead. Yeah. what Mm -hmm. you were just talking about. If you'll notice, whenever Bill Wilson talks about this subject, and whenever he tries to smash home the idea that nobody can do it without Alcoholics Anonymous, he always puts that little disclaimer in there. Almost never. You know,
0: the rest mm. of the
2: text is really designed it's geared toward getting you to believe that that nobody can do it, but there's always that little one word, almost. Or yeah. He, like that.
1: Well, he was such a But you know, one of the guys who who the other man I was just talking about who left after 30 years said that he felt that if Bill were alive, he would have been all for uh, now, on and the cures and antidepressants, because he in fact took LSD as a cure. You know, they were doing the real research and found that it helps people uh, who had you know really bad drinking problems, and he had really bad depression for years. Um, so I thought that was kind of curious because I, I didn't know un- this about him, but he really turned over. A lot of the uh, controls in the late 50s, which is when he began to do the research, and that's when the uh, board and the General Service Conference began. So he kind of tried to turn over the the reins, so to speak, because he, the man was really unhappy. He was was so depressed, and maybe the maybe my friend is right that he would have been for it, but they certainly weren't. like the, the hardcore uh people who had sort of risen up in the ranks yeah uh
2: they, they don't like it now that's for sure
1: no no they they if it works don't fix it that's their slogan you know what i
2: mean yeah If it ain't broke don't fix it <laughs>
0: do
1: you have anything you want to say about anything in we Agnostics or should i move on
2: no move on let's let's do this
1: okay so yeah. uh So now we're at Chapter 5, and uh, we're going to start with rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. And what is the real thing it should say there, Gunther?
2: It's rarely have we seen a person thoroughly follow our path.
1: Right, right. So when you go, I mean, this just dawned on me, I don't know if it was when I met you and you said that that then i was because i was still going to meetings that i went in there and i heard that after you said that
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh that i it dawned on me how few people are even of service how pe- few people you know work this whatever work the steps and because i was had tried to be like miss perfect aa for a number of years and so it, it, so we know that most people don't follow it. But it's such a setup for failure when it's just rarely have we seen a person fail. So you think if you follow, if you do what we're tell, what you're told, yeah. then you're not going to fail, which is hogwash. So those who do not recover.
2: Hold, so on, hold on a second. Let me, yeah. let me just take a minute to look at that. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. How do they know? Who are the, who? How do they identify the people who have thoroughly followed the path and the people who haven't followed the path? <laughs> are there? Um, do they have tattoos on their forehead that say "I did all twelve steps exactly the way they're laid out in the Big Book"? You know, they have. Kevin has this
1: joke that, and it's not true, where somebody says, you know. Or, come over and, like, take off my, take off your clothes, you know, because we found this was true that the Spanish community, they were telling the women to go up in the mountains and have sex when they did their fourth and fifth step. But, you know, when uh, it says... Oh, man, I lost my train of thought. When you were talking about um, those who... How do they identify? Oh, how do they identify? So, imagine Bill in you know is Stepping Stones, and you, if you got the honor that, you know, you were so privileged that you could go up there to Stepping Stones in Katona and you're going to be in that little kitchen and have a pot of coffee with Bill Wilson and you have like a little questionnaire right like on a little thing and saying you know have you done this good have you done this no you're right there's there is no way and uh except if somebody controlled you and told you you know where to go and what to be and and how to which meeting you were going to lead and you know whose floor you were going to sweep and whose cigarettes you were going to pick up and you know, this. Uh, who, who's, what drunk was going to sleep on your couch that night? Maybe they were controlling back then, like we see with the cult-type meet groups today. I don't know. Here's, the, But listen to this next line. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. So... Basically, they're saying those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely, like, jump in and, like, say, you know, this this is it, man, you know, I'll do everything that I'm supposed to do. And it's become crazy because there's a lot of meetings now, which there wasn't then. They only met once a week in, you know, his house or somebody's house. Usually, men and women, it gets worse. Yeah, okay, that's really
0: even good. men there's... and
1: women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. So now you're a fuck-up. You're just...
0: Yeah. You're, you're a liar.
1: You're a liar. You're constitutionally incapable. So deep down, you're just a fucking liar. Yep. Yeah. Well, you're an unfortunate. But wait a second. He gives you an out. You're not at fault. You know? You're born that way. Holy shit, you're born that way?
2: Yeah, so, you were born that way. You were born constitutionally incapable of being honest with anybody.
1: That's nuts. So, you know, when you were there 20 years ago, or whatever it was, were there two types of beliefs, like those that said you were born that way and those that said absolutely not, that you just became a problem drinker or an alcoholic later? Was that going on when you first came?
2: Um, I'm not sure.
1: It was a big uh, divide in the community. I remember in Honolulu, the very successful people said, absolutely, you're not born that way. Um, It was something that happened to you, and you drank, and you became one. And there was this other group that was, you know, another version, but it doesn't matter. So I think that's really horrible. And they're reading this over and over, and people hear this shit, you know, every day or however often they go to a meeting. Okay, you're born that way. They are once again. He's re- totally reiterating again. You are naturally incapable of grasping and developing. What the fuck?
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. So he's saying again that these people are also broken in another way. Your chances. He doesn't even give you hope like Tony Robbins. There's no rah-rah <laughs> here. It's your chances are your chances are less than average. Gunther. Okay. Yeah. And then to make it even worse, there are those too who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest.
2: Oh, he's so he's, he's saying he's saying basically do as I say and if you don't do as I say you're a liar or you're a mental case. That's basically
1: what that says. <laughs> right, right. And Laura wrote here, let's see what you wrote. Most people stop on step three because the rest of them are laboring, labeling yourself in nothing but negatives. There is nothing, in quotes, simple about it. It's a mind-control cult. It's true, Laura. It's it really right. is. I want to talk about how many times God is mentioned, which is why if you are new listening out there, hi there, uh, in 25 <laughs> states... It's already been taken to the superior court in that state or in that court that uh, you cannot be sentenced. It has been deemed either a religion or there's too much religious-type activity going on. Uh, and so it's, it's pretty clear. If you look on the Smart Recovery website, they've now posted all of the uh, the lawsuits that were filed when people were, got sent there. So God is all over the place. Um, there's about six mentions of God, and then there's more if you add the higher power gobbledygook, okay?
0: Gobbledygook.
1: Gobbledygook. That's what I like to call it. Now, I, um, we beg of you, here's some of the things. Um, if you've decided you want what we have, right, and then you've will- you got to be willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready. So... This is the insanity that I believed for way too long that I'm very ashamed and embarrassed to say Gunther but uh thank God I'm not there anymore. You know what I mean?
2: I believed it too Monica. I was desperate to find a way to stop drinking. Mhm. And uh and this was what was fed to me every time I went to a rehab. So I believed it and and tried to do what they say but Oh, well, you go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, we are talking about it, but I know you were in and out of, you know, the rehabs, and this didn't work for you. And what I was talking to another blogger, and, you know, she said something interesting, like, she said, well, I don't think you were ever an alcoholic because you just went and you wanted people to be with that didn't drink, and I said, I agree with her. But she said something that was funny that, and I don't know if this is true, that A and NA works for people who really aren't truly addicted. They just really want to be with other people, who are not using anymore. But the people who really have kind of really tough addictions, it doesn't work for. Now, I don't agree with that 100% on the NA side because I knew people who were real addicts and they stopped. But um, they're, they're few. I don't know a lot of them personally. You know, it's only the small core group. But I did see other people who had a real, really strong, um, I would say, dependence on alcohol that it did not work for and constantly, you know, drank um, those beverages with alcohol in them again because I don't want to use the word relapse. You know, I don't want to buy into their stupid talk uh, and their rhetoric. It says here he begs you um, to be fearless and thorough. Mm -hmm. Okay, what does that mean? Like taking off your clothes to read the fifth step? Is that what that means? You know, fearless? (laughs) Jump in, go in a room and hold hands with strangers and have them sitting you know, close to you left and right and ask you to go out to uh, dinner and then 13-step you? I don't know. Is that what that means? At this part <laughs> here... Go ahead. You wanted to say something?
2: I was just laughing.
1: Okay. Some of us had to try to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil And so we let go. Absolutely. This line is so overused. Don't you think? I mean, oh, it's your old ideas. You have to let go. Oh, that's an old idea.
2: Yeah, everything's an old idea, if you get right down to it, you know. Um, How many times have you heard it said in an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, my way doesn't work? Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah.
2: And and what is my way? My way, you know, um, I I was just reading on another blog today on Craigslist, Somebody said that, my way doesn't work, and and somebody was suggesting, well, I might want to try something else, and and this person jumped right in and said, your way doesn't work. Wow. So, there's this insinuation that, you know, if you're trying anything besides Alcoholics Anonymous, it's your way, and it doesn't work. And um, there's also another insinuation that goes along with that, which is that if if you're trying anything besides Alcoholics Anonymous, you're doing it alone, which is untrue. If you, you utilize available resources right. to get yourself to stop drinking and they're not AA, you're not doing it alone. Right? You, know, you you might have the support of friends, family, counselors, other people in other support groups. Um, You may just choose to be around healthy people rather than alcoholics all the time. Who came up with this dapping idea that uh, you have to hang around with other people who had a substance abuse problem in order to get better? How does that make any sense?
1: Right. In fact, like Doctor Kern, do the- it's a really good point. You're you're just hitting on something that happened to somebody very close to me. That's exactly that. That you, if you leave AA or leave that group, they make the assumption that you need something other than yourself to be okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't. I mean, there are people who are in it a long time who might miss the uh, sensation of this fellowship, or I really call it a false sense of intimacy, which is really a false sense of
2: intimacy. because That's a great way to put it.
1: Yes, if something goes wrong, you find out, what who really your friends are and the truth is all of us only have a handful of friends at a time you know that nobody has 200 friends or even 15 friends you might have associates and colleagues and coworkers right. I, you know i don't
2: care what your facebook page says
1: right 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 so uh you know i just uh, it's a good, really good uh point you just brought up so um some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and we said that, so we let go. Absolutely remember (laughs) that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling. So
0: they
1: start to really fear-monger the alcohol, which is something I didn't feel when I quit, like I quit and I was done. And I I did drink, you know, too much uh, for too long uh, and never knew what it was like to have a buzz when I was a teenager. I went straight from... You know, sober, sober, you know, or dry to, you know, guzzle drinks to all the things that are wrong, but that that's giving alcohol actually so much power, you know, that um, it is, and actually the alcohol industry loved AA because now it wasn't demon's demon rum's fault; it was you. You were sick. You, the alcoholic, were messed up, not. Uh, the uh, rum, which is what the um, the women who what did they, what did they call themselves back then? The abolitionists? No, not abolitionists. Prohibitioners. That was <laughs> what did they call themselves?
2: Prohibitioners or um, yeah, uh, temperance temperance league.
1: Right. It was the temperance movement, and the, you know the Washingtonians were big. Like they got to be in the millions, or a million w- was recorded, and they were very much a part of getting <laughs> alcohol to be illegal for as long as it was. And, you know, Mr., Uh, uh, whoever, the big owners of uh, Seagram's and stuff were very happy when Alcoholics Anonymous came along and they were taken on the blame, that it was us that were broken, not that alcohol was a problem. And if you watch, like, archival footage from then, it's really funny. I I just think... uh, our society has really gotten wacko with, uh, you know, how everybody gets labeled. It's, it's. Uh, I hope we'll, we'll change it. Let's see, Laura wrote, more than that, alcohol is power, but you are powerless. That's right. Good point, Laura. Um, so, without help, here we go now, Gunther, for the religious ones, and God help those who were atheists or, or something else. Without help, it's too much for us. There is one who has all power, the man behind the curtain. That one is God. May you find him now. Half measures availed us nothing. Like, they're, so they're saying, even if you do it half good, so now harm reduction is out the window. That, heart, that doesn't work. To reduce harm doesn't matter. You drank. Yeah. Even though the world didn't blow up, you didn't crash a car, you didn't hurt anybody, you drank at home that night. Uh... You still fucked up, Gunther. You know what I mean? You drank again.
0: Oh.
2: Mm. Well, more than that, they're trying to hammer home this idea that you're absolutely. We're we're still on the same topic that you're absolutely powerless over this stuff. That um that you need to throw yourself a hundred percent into this program and there's another contradiction from AA that goes along with that which is the old saying well take what you need and leave the rest right you can't have it both ways you can't take what you need and leave the rest right. and but half measures avail us nothing right so AA really does stress these ideas that you have to be 100% AA or you're going to fucking fail
1: well that's the part that i feel is very manipulating and i underlined, you know, one of the, I don't know where it is, it's later on in the book, where I said, it, it was the same kind of point that you're making about take what you like and leave the rest, identify, don't compare. You know, that's what was said to me over and over, and I would sit there and go, uh, I never lost a job, uh, I never crashed a car, I don't belong here, I don't belong here. Oh, don't worry, honey, just i't they should have said, no, you don't, you don't belong here. You know? Get the hell out of here and go to go to school and live your life.
2: This yeah, thing- I remember this guy named Henry came to a meeting one time and he this does go along with this. He he refused to say I'm an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said, Hi, my name's Henry, and I was sent here by the court. And um mm. and they just swarmed him after the meeting. Like it was their their duty to convince him. That he was an alcoholic. Well, some people who go to these meetings, they're not as bad as some of these people who who are sleeping in the gutter, you know. Right,
1: right. They're really moderation and harm reduction, and even smart to learn, you know, other skills or any of the, you know, the five, six programs we talked about Mm -hmm. that help somebody to get a handle on it and you know start the use of naltrexone and. Uh, yeah, you know, I, if I ever go to a meeting for to do any of my activism mm-hmm. while I'm finishing my film, I've decided I'm going to say I'm Monica, an empowered woman. And I'm, I'm going say, no, I don't label myself. I think that's very, very negative and very dangerous to do. It's not healthy. And then if they give me shit, you'd say, are you kidding? I thought, you know, all are welcome here. you Are you going to welcome a pedophile and a rapist? But if they, if they you know, label themselves an alcoholic... You're going to welcome them, but you're going to give me shit because I don't want to label myself that anymore because I think after so much much time and whatever that none of that matters.
2: Yeah, so much for their just suggestions and take what you need and leave the rest, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't conform in AA, you'll be ostracized.
1: Well, and and the the whole thing that you just said about the paradoxes or, you know, you have to do it this way, but then it says this in the book. So right after they read the 12 steps, it says, you know, many of us exclaimed, what an order, I can't go through with it. And it says, oh, don't be discouraged. This is where the manipulation comes back in and the brainwashing. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. So now you get the we are not saints card. To get you out of you know the shithole, right. and you can do lousy crap. The point is that we're just willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have it, set down are guides to progress. I mean,
2: it either it is or it Contradicted is it. everything he just said. Right, it's a
1: total contradiction. It's a total mind fuck. <coughs> yeah. Um. So the next part that about step three. The first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will. Oh, my God. If free will, self-will can be a success? Are you kidding me? So now it's all about this, like, communistic. And you said this before on one of your shows or when you called in or something about it's the group, you know, that matters and that the individual, you know, needs to conform. Very, very strong. Oxford movement, pre-Hitler, uh, which he was into uh, Hitler's beliefs. But they had to have some kind of brainwashing go on in that country, in Germany, before you could have a man like that take over.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't matter. You know, you're the group matters. It's the most important thing here.
2: Well, uh, I'd like to point out, when he says any life run on self-will he's not just talking about alcoholics
0: Mm.
2: he says any life Mm -hmm. so basically that's a an all-encompassing life philosophy for everybody that we all need to follow and this huge Oxford group overtones within that
1: right right
2: know anything about the Oxford group you can tell where these these ideas come from the ideas of original sin and and um So you need to dump yourself and get rid of yourself is the idea here. Any life run on self-will. What does it say?
1: Uh, It says here, any life, um, uh, the first requirement. Oh, my God, it's a requirement, Gunther. The first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. (laughs) Okay? Okay. So, I mean, that's pretty arrogant again. And then it says, this whole part here goes on about, I'm just going to read it. If you want to stop, you just tell me as I read it, because I'm going to read this whole passage. All right. On that basis that we are almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though your motives are good. Okay? Most people (laughs) try to live by self-propulsion. Each person is like an actor who wants to run the whole show. Is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, and the scenery, and the rest of the players in his own way. If, harang- if his arrangements could only stay put, if only people could do as he wished, the show would be great. Now, this is, uh, this is so interesting. I have never seen this like I'm seeing it now. This next, as uh, we're coming up to hear about talking about nice qualities about people, he puts them down. It says everybody, including himself, would be pleased. Life would be wonderful. Trying to make these arrangements, our actor, may sometimes be quite virtuous. Now they're going to put people down for being nice. He says he may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, and even modest and self-sacrificing. On the other hand, he may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. But as with most humans, he is more likely to have varied traits. What usually happens, now he's going against, he's going to profess the doom and gloom. The show doesn't come off as well. He begins to think that life doesn't treat him well. I mean, it's... It's stupidity, and I'm turning the page.
2: (laughs) He's saying that your life is falling apart. Your life is falling apart because you're selfish and self-centered, and you're trying to run everybody else's show. But in actuality, most of the people who are reading this shit, their life is falling apart because they're addicted to alcohol. Mm Mm-hmm and because they can't function in a an rational and reasonable manner because they keep being drawn back into this this addic- addiction
1: can you believe it is 10 to 5 we only have 10 more minutes um to go on here uh, I'm having fun. This is funny. All right, so you know the next page. This is the page where it says selfishness and self-centeredness. That we think is the root of our troubles, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Okay. Um, this is the part that's really fucked up. Sometimes we they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but... We invariably find that at some time in the past we have made decisions based on self, which later placed us in the position to be hurt. Now, there can be some truth in this, but you don't tell this to a teenager who just got sexually preyed on by by a fuckhead who knows exactly what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Or do you say it to somebody like um, yourself or like to Callie who called in? What was your part in it? that you made some somewhere you made a choice and it's your fault you wore that skirt it's too short it's your fault you got raped yeah you were such an adorable little five-year-old so you got molested what's your part in it i mean i can't believe somebody posted on a different blog there's a new blogger showed up and he i guess they really have read ken Reggie's stories and um i mean the book uh i've Rebecca Farnsway and stuff wrote, and there's really some horror, horror stories that were in those early books.
2: I, I want to take a second here and really stand up for myself, because when this shit is read to me or when I read it, I hear, you know, the the message he's trying to pound home here, or one of the messages, is that it's not okay to think about yourself. Right. I want to stand up and say, you know what? Sometimes I do think about myself, and God damn it, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with me thinking about myself, you know? I'm right. important to me. What the fuck is wrong with that?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, what did she write here? Yeah, she. Th- that's true. I mean, I agree with you. When you take, I mean, I read so many other books starting I mean really early on I think when I was 2 years in the program uh first it was um there were Augmandino's books and there were a lot of self-help books maybe some of them were written by AA members but they some of them were not you know and I really saw that it was not good that there was this, this program was not going to uh, help me at some of my core issues that I had mhm and I really began to read lots of other books and gets subliminal tapes and listen to them and learn different meditations and a lot of other things that oh, I really hear you, it, listen to this part this is what I, I highlighted, I wanted to say here above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness we must or it kills us
0: Come on! You're gonna die. In fact, I would
1: have people in AA. To me, are so there's. I know some people who aren't this way. Let me just say that there's people I know. There's some women and some men who are not like this. But there's they're so self-absorbed. Some -hmm. of them, even after a long time abstinence and clean, very self-absorbed with their stories and their past. Still, even after not having a drop or a lick or a hit of anything for 30, 35 years, why the fuck are you talking about it so much? Nobody gives a fuck.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, about, I don't, I, and, and I felt this way through a long time ago, when people tried to label themselves, as, it's like they, that was their identity. You know, to be an AA member who had this story, who drank too much or used too much and, you know, you tell this – it's it's called narrative therapy now where they can see how people constantly tell a certain story. I mean, it's a good thing to work on. I would worked on it where you stop telling that story, you know, even – it doesn't need to be told or maybe telling it in a different way. The stuff that happened to us, you know, it, it re-injures us, I was told. If you tell a really horrible story where you were so hurt as a child, like it's, you know – like you're having you know, pancakes with syrup on it and a cup of coffee. And they all get really numb. They get really shut down so that when they hear a horror story, they don't go, oh my, I mean, the women's group I went to, the women did. They were like, if somebody had a horrible thing, they were like, oh, people would like gasp and the people that were healthy. But, I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you stood up for yourself there and um, you know, talked about, uh, it's what we want is okay. What we want matters.
2: Right. It doesn't, we're mean, in we're, we're,
1: yeah. it
2: doesn't mean we're completely self absorbed that we think about ourselves sometimes. It's okay to think about yourself sometimes. But this guy's trying to convince you, Bill Wilson, here in this book, that you only think of yourself. And when you're vulnerable, you'll believe that shit.
1: Right, right. She just said something. Laura wrote something good. It says it's normal for anyone to take care of self. Everyone takes care of themselves first. Uh, Gunther is right. It's called reframing, reframing the story. Thank you. Thank you so much, Laura. Um, Quick playing God. It didn't work. I have underlined on the next page. It says, our little plans and designs. Wow. I mean, when people, there's a story you tell about how you were getting your stuff together and you were wearing a suit so that you could run over to your mass after your meeting and that guy made fun of you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You want to tell yeah. that? I
1: mean, that's just so, that is so,
2: so I went to, You know, I, I, I was trying to figure out who the God of my understanding was and I'll try to be quick about this. Um, <laughs> I was trying to figure it out. So I figured, okay, well I'm going to go to church and it was a Baptist church. It wasn't a mass, but um, <clears throat> I figured I'd take my son to church with me and we'd, learn about the Bible and stuff, because that's what I'm supposed to be looking at here. God, right? Right. To AA. So the meeting, the Sunday morning meeting was right before church service. So if I hustled, I'd be able to make it from one to the other. Right. If I just went to the meeting dressed up in my suit. Mm -hmm. So I dressed in my suit and went to the meeting and sat down. And this is a little crude, so cover your ears if you're sensitive. (laughs) But I, I went to the meeting and sat down, and this guy said to me, hey, how are you doing, Todd? And I said, I'm, I'm doing fine. I, I'm i trying to quit smoking. And he said, oh, you." he gave me this look when I first came in because I was in my suit, you know. But right. when I said I'm trying to quit smoking, he said, you are one fucked up alcoholic. Next thing you know, you'll try to quit jerking off. Wow. And that's the kind of abuse you put up with with, with these right these old-timers and these AA gurus who have to keep putting you in your place and remind you that you're just a fucking worm in the ground and you're not really worth anything.
1: But we know know that we are, and I think you're seeing with all the blogs, and if somebody's just turned in, I want to plug the blog. So Gunther has a blog, expaa.org, expose AA. Um, I have leavingaa.com and Stop Thirteen Step. There's uh Stinkin' Thinkin' is still up and Orange Papers is a forum and uh there is NA Daytona dot org. Is there anything else I'm leaving out? Is there another blog?
2: Um not that I can think of off the top of my head. I yeah,
1: so we understand we got like two minutes left. I don't know how we're gonna we're not gonna be able to do this. I uh, I'm, I'm well, on page sixty six and they talk about the alcoholic whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, the business of resentment is infinitely
2: grave. With and here comes here comes another threat. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: we found that it is fatal. For when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. The insanity of alcohol returns, and we drink again.
2: <laughs> and with us, to drink is to die. Right. <laughs> right to die you're gonna die if you don't do what i say
1: right you're gonna die if you pick up if you have a drink it's just not true all right It's like 90 seconds so i guess we have to have a part two
2: i really (laughs) enjoyed this i had a great time tonight
1: yes it's really funny because i had to we'll do it i have a few people lined up you know for the next couple weeks and then when I don't have somebody, we'll do a part two. But this whole two pages, which I know that you know, it goes on, I think, for four pages because we get to page 69 where they talk about sex, wink, wink. You know, I guess they put it there on purpose.
0: <laughs>
1: but, <laughs> you know what I mean? This is all about you can't get angry, you're going to get drunk, uh, and they, they become so angry after a lot of time, but we are just about out of time. I want to thank uh, Gunther2000 uh, uh, for coming on the show and help me. Uh, do this show and Laura it, w- is out there in the uh, chat room. It was a little quiet tonight, and that's okay. Uh, three of us is uh, better than one. Thank you, Laura, and for all your great words that you told my dear friend. It really helped him who's deprogramming. And uh, we will be back next week and the week after. I'm going to have finally women for sobriety on. I think it's important. You know, even though I don't, I don't know enough about them, but. Again, uh, thank you everybody. Thank you, Gunther.
2: Thank you. All right.
1: We'll we'll see you next week. Okay. Good night. All right. Good night. Bye. Goodbye everybody. We'll see you next week. Take care.